You know, in the scripture, in 3 Nephi, and it's also in Isaiah, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. God could have said, thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and it would be beautiful. It would still, we would get somewhat of a good, <laughs> the right message there. But why did God say, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord? And that is what I will give my life to professionally every day. Because all thy children. So if that place, if that building is not accessible, what do we need to do? What what alternatives do we need to seek? What else do we need to be doing so that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord? How do we fulfill that promise? And what does that need to look like? Also, I think of when God said He'd like He would leave the 90 and 9 and seek after the one. And sometimes that is someone that's a sinner, and sometimes it's somebody that doesn't have access, I believe. I think if we are to be the church of Jesus Christ, then we are to be people that seek after the one. It is time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and I'm honored to be joined by Katie Steed. You might be wondering, well, who is this Katie Edna Steed? Well, she's the Disability Specialist Manager for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for being here, Katie. My pleasure. Before we go any further, I need to know the story of Edna. Whom is Edna? Uh, I, I always love every time her name is mentioned, it's my grandma, Edna Irene Christensen Sampson. So I was named after her, and my mom said that I would never regret having that name, that old-fashioned name, because I would love her so much, and I do. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about her. I find it, I find naming and naming of children and sort of the heritage that comes from a name fascinating. Not likely that many of us listening will know who your grandmother is, but what kind of, <laughs> what kind of individual was she? She was phenomenal. She loved everyone that ever walked through her door. She was always called to serve with the young women. And then later with the Relief Society sisters, cause she just had a love for everyone she babysat and treated them like her own children. Um, here's a great story that she was beautiful. She lived to be 92 and was so healthy. When she was about uh, almost 90, she hurt herself. And we were like, Grandma, what happened? And she said, well, I was trying to wash the bottom of my feet. So I had my foot up on the sink. <laughs> and we're like, Grandma, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, she would sew for us. She always very handy and just loved loved completely and you always felt special and you always got a good back scratch when you sat next to her oh yeah right i had a grandma that would do the hand holding and i missed that hand holding more than just about anything in the world because it was that sort of curing hand holding that you, she didn't have to say anything you just kind of put your hand in her hand and you're like oh yeah no you're right everything is going to be fine Oh, yeah, no, Aww. you're right. I will figure my way through this. And she's in her mind. I'm sure she's like, yeah, I haven't said any of that. All I did was hold your hand. <laughs> do you ever um, do you ever find like strength drawing on the name? Like uh, sometimes with my last name, there's a lot of like pride I take in the last name that I have where you're able to be like, nah, I'm I'm, I'm named after Edna. Edna would get through this. She'd put her foot up on the oh. on the top of the counter. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. I, I remember in middle school, you would go around with those like midterm reports on the NCR paper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you remember those? Cause like a copy went home to your parents and they sure. had to sign it. And you and always so modify, you'd modify the one that your parents saw <laughs> and you had to make <laughs> it look go. like it was part of the carbon copy. So you'd have to get the right kind of pencil. Just you, right. or just me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I remember your full name was on those reports and you would take it around from class to class 
And I remember people said, Edna, Edna. And I said, oh, that is my grandma. And if you knew her, you would love that name too. You know, like I just always, and it, where's the scripture at when it talks about your name? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember anytime we would have that lesson and it would talk about your name. I, I always went to, and my name is Edna. <laughs> like, and I am named after the most amazing woman that, that ever walked. So Yes, there is strength. And the first time I was published as a, I was a professor at BYU for 15 years and associate clinical professor for those who care about the difference. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Some of the snooty people will care and make sure that I don't just say professor because I wasn't a professor. I was an associate clinical okay, professor. Okay, 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 okay. I probably shouldn't have said snooty, but anyway. No, you're right. No, those people are snooty. If they're going to come at you for associate to just professor, they're like a little snooty. Were... They're a little hoity. That's right. So the yeah, the academic elites. Um, so I remember the first time I published something, I I sent her a copy of it, and I said, "Grandma, I'm so excited to be published." And she and the, it said Katie Edna Steve, Katie Edna Sampson actually at the time because I wasn't married yet, and she so it was her name Edna Sampson right there, and she said, "I'm so excited that I'm published." <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, we could be talking about the difference between a professor and an associate professor. That could be what today's episode is about. Uh, We could be talking about uh, working at BYU. That could be today's episode, but it's not. That's not why we brought you here. Uh, As I mentioned, you are the Disability Specialist Manager for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And most recently, there has been a, a whole lot of news around you and what you do. And I would love to get into that just a little bit. I would love to talk about it. It's exciting stuff to be a part of, and I feel really blessed. So so uh, there's a committee that didn't exist before. Am I understanding that correct? Tell me. Yeah. About yeah. The ASL Board of Education. Are you? Is that the one you're specifically thinking mm-hmm. of? Yeah. Yes. Do you want me to talk about that? Yes, please. I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know more about it. The article just sort of said, hey, uh, these couple of people have been named to this board. And then it sort of ended. And I was like, wait, why did we not have this board before? Was there any sort of thing functioning in this capacity? Who are these people that have been named to this? And so I sought after you to bring you in here. Oh, I love that you're asking those questions. Yes. So if you're familiar with seminaries and institutes and how they function, which I really wasn't until I started working at church headquarters, um, different regional areas have a seminary and institute board of education. Mm-hmm. And it's it's usually like in Utah, it may it might only just be like a few stakes would make that up. Like it's and then obviously as you get further out, it's it gets larger, but it's usually doesn't go beyond, I don't think it goes beyond like an area 70 reach, mm-hmm. for example, these boards of education. And the issue we were having specifically with our youth that ASL is their native language. Um, they might be, they're often very isolated. So deafness tends to skip generations. So um, over 90% of children that are deaf are born to hearing parents. Um, And over 90% of hearing parents don't learn ASL to a fluent language level. Really? Yeah, Hmm. is what the research shows us. And then when you add the complexity of church vocabulary in ASL, it's a whole other level that you add to that. So these individuals are often born to hearing parents and they're deaf. They kind of have a certain level of communication in ASL with them, but 
often not to a level where they can really converse and learn about the gospel. And ASLs will always be their native language. Mm -hmm. And so that's another area of complexity that they have. And so let's say we'd have a youth, and this is just a, an, a scenario to give you an example. You know, we might have a youth in North Carolina mm-hmm. who is deaf and he's the only one, he's the only Latter-day Saint for miles and miles and miles that's deaf and a Latter-day Saint and he needs seminary. And so he might say, oh, well, I heard that there's an ASL seminary class online in Arizona and I want to attend it. Mm-hmm. And so a few years ago, it be- it became really complicated really fast. Like, we tend to do. And so like his state president would say, well, I only have jurisdiction only over the seminary students within this boundary area. Mm-hmm. And then the seminary, the state president um, in Arizona would say, well, I only have jurisdiction over the those that live within this area. So I don't know how we do this. And and it was just kind of this, what, who has the right stewardship, who has the right keys and, and all of these things. And so we thought, well, maybe an area 70 could be over this. And then we're like, no, because it even is larger than that scope. Right. And so, um, we came to the, we came with the proposal folks from seminaries and institutes. And then the disability team said, um, we really need a general authority assigned to this. Mm-hmm. And so in just only like about six months ago, I'd have to go back and look at the exact time frame. Um, Elder Peter Johnson was assigned, which he is amazing. I don't know how familiar. I don't know a single thing about uh, Elder Johnson. Tell me about him. He's obviously a 70 because he's he's not on the uh, he's not on the uh, the uh, top shelf as I look at the map of the 12, (laughs) right? Um, yeah. So Elder Peter Johnson, I believe he was the first African-American to speak in general conference. Oh, don't quote me on that. Um, because I think other people of color have spoken, but I think he's the first that was Uh African-American. But, um, and now he's going to be like, Katie, you didn't know your stats, but, um, he joined the church. He grew up. His story is fascinating. There's like a 17 minute YouTube video about him. He grew up in New York. He lived a pretty, like, I mean, drug dealers and kind of in this lifestyle that he had. And then his mom as a single mom moved to Hawaii and he joined her and he played basketball really well. And he got a scholarship to go to BYU Hawaii, but he was Muslim mm-hmm. at the time. And he had to take the Book of Mormon class. And anyway, he just was like, you guys really believe this stuff. And he ended up joining the church. He also played for Dixie State um, and he became a professor. I think he has a PhD in finance, I think is what it is. He was a professor at BYU Provo, and then he transferred to Alabama and he became a general authority. I want to say around 2019. Um, And he has a heart that it just says, everyone is welcome. I love you all. And I recognize that there are like so many reasons why someone could feel marginalized and I will bring you in. Hmm. Right. And I care about you and I love you and whatever perspective you're coming from. He recently gave a BYU devotional and he talked about this man in Alabama that um, when he became, he became as a stake president out there. Mm-hmm. And this man told him he had to give him his temple recommend because um, he couldn't sustain a stake president of color. 
and he didn't feel right about it. Mm. And he said, if that's the way that you're feeling, you, you don't need to be talking to me about this. You need to be talking to God and the temple is exactly where you need to be. Mm. And so he worked with this man to eventually, Hey, this man invited him and his wife to his home for, you know, became friends and, and things like that. And he's just everyone he meets. I don't know how he takes so much time to connect to them. Um, but he does like, I feel like I'm one of his best friends. <laughs> like, like he's just, he just is so loving. One of our first meetings, there was just a few of us in that meeting virtual. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, well, our meeting's about to end. So before it ends, I need to know, tell me about your families. Tell me about yourself, you know? And it was just, his leadership is, I really admire it and really appreciate it. So he doesn't necessarily speak ASL. He's learning it though, which I think is so cool. Um, But he definitely has a heart that can recognize people that have felt um, left out, that have felt marginalized, that have felt like their voice hasn't had the opportunity to rise to the top, you know? Um, So it's been incredible to work with him on this. When we talk about disabilities, give me an idea, because I think there are some things that immediately come to mind, but then maybe some even that are marginalized among the marginalized, forgotten among the forgotten. And I think that that's, you know, that's rough. But like like you mentioned, I think it comes to mind those who might be um, deaf or blind, um, um, wheelchair bound or some other sort of, you know, um, needing some sort of physical help as far as that goes what are other things that fall into to disability that maybe don't get so often thought about yeah and that's the beauty of my job is it's never the same moment twice <laughs> like and i love that and mm-hmm. i that's the beauty of the field of disabilities in general which i was a public school teacher and and teaching at BYU and observing student teachers it's always like that which is so great but um, it is, it's a full spectrum of supports that we offer. Um, it's food allergies in the sacrament and, mm. and creating guidelines in the handbook and also online resources about how things, food allergies should be handled with church meetings and activities, church mm-hmm. activities. Um, it's it's obviously all the things that come with deaf and blindness, like Braille, ASL, things like that. It's also, um, I always say a lot of our job is, well, I, And it goes into autism. I actually, this has been my professional pursuit since grad school has been faith and disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about four years into being a professor, actually more about six years into it. And um, associate professor, will you please? Yes. I'm just joking. Clinical, associate clinical. I'm just just Um, My, I had a son and he has high functioning autism. And so I always say I've taught this in the ivory towers and I've lived it in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And I always say, too, that my role is to elevate voices and to never be somebody's voice. Um, I think an important thing about this ASL Board of Education is several of the members are members that are deaf themselves. Um, They're branch presidents, they're bishops. um, They are, I think one's a young woman's president. And um, their voice is very much a key part. You know, in our meetings and stuff, we have translators there and interpreters and um, we need to turn to them. And I do a lot of people will say, well, what do you, Katie, what do you think a blind person would want with this? And I said, well, let me ask, you yeah. know, and so we have a lot of these, um, advisory groups of members that I can go to and say, you know, there was going to be a social media post and it happened to have an individual with down syndrome. And I could go to some individuals 
that that's a part of their world and their family. And I could say, does, is this offensive? Is, did we get this right? Did we get this wrong? Is there, and, and so I always, I always try to do my best to not just say, well, this is what they want. Right. Um, this is, but in, yeah, it's service animals. Where can they go? Where can they not go? What's our guidelines on that? FSY being as accessible as possible. So you name it, mm -hmm. mission work, temples, um, just facilities management, <laughs> um, whatever is out there, like I kind of just get to have my fingers in it and do some advising with that. Um, a recent project. Can I talk about a recent project? Yes, please. Uh, 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 actually, make sure that you say that because I do have a kind of a softball question for you before you tell me about the recent project. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. So, so, and this, this feels tone deaf, but I think it's, I think that it's worth reiterating. So, so why is all of that, what you mentioned, all of those individuals, those groups, why is it important that they're seen, right? Mm. I would yeah. think in a person, in this percentage, and this is horrible and I'm doubling down on the horrible because I know that the, the reason is of so much value. Um, but the percentage of, of members of the church compared to those not i mean i would say that there are far more that are not so why is it important yeah. that we we remember that we include that we pay attention all of those things yeah and you're right like if you look at um most recent us census data you know roughly 3% of the population is going to be blind roughly 3% is going to um be deaf you know to to a point that it's significant enough um, and those numbers could even skew lower. In World Health Organization, they do kind of tend to skew lower because, you know, a lot of their recording and ability to, to record those kind of information isn't maybe as accurate or so forth. But um, so it is a, a smaller percentage. Um, also, though, 20 to the most recent U.S. Census, 19.6% of the population has a disability. So one in five. So it is more than you would think. Okay. Um, Eric Carter out of Vanderbilt does a lot of research on this. And um, one in three households has somebody with a disability in it. Okay. So it's a little bit higher. Yeah. So we'll, we'll lay that groundwork. And okay. then I will say the thing that gets me out of bed every day with, with my professional life so besides when my children are right there screaming at me, but <laughs> mom, professionally, mom, mom. <laughs> what gets me out is, um, you know, in the scripture in third Nephi, and it's also in Isaiah, um, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Yeah. God could have said thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And it would be beautiful. It would still, we would get somewhat of a good, <laughs> the right message there. But why did God say, and all? thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And that is what I will give my life to professionally every day because all thy children. So if that place, if that building is not accessible, what do we need to do? What, what alternatives do we need to seek? What else do we need to be doing? Um, so that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. How do we fulfill that promise? Um, and what does that need to look like? And um, also I think of when God said he'd like, he would leave the 90 and nine and seek after the one. And sometimes that is someone that's a sinner. And sometimes it's somebody that doesn't have access, I believe. Yeah. So those are, I, I think if we are to be the church of Jesus Christ, then we are to be people that seek after the one. Yeah. 
I love it. Beautifully said. And exactly. I, I almost feel a little guilty because I was I felt like I was leading you towards that. But but I think that sometimes, uh, especially um, if you're in a leadership position and you look at some of these things, it's uh, in a lot of the cases, this isn't the easier way to go about things. This yeah. isn't a quick way. It It is taking the time, the moment to pause and say, is this something that um, a, a deaf person would want? Is this something that is sensitive to this group of people that worship with us? And so it, it really is um, considering considering that one, but recognizing that, you know, that to get that one, it may be a little bit more effort, but it's worth it because God has asked us to to uh, to help everyone. I want to take a break real quick. When we come back, I want about the new. I want to know about the new project that's coming up. We'll take a quick break and come back and do that in the second block of the cultural hall. Bestdjinutah.com is a website that you need to go to if you would like to party with me now. Just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others, Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent, not apparent, just the parent uh, or one of the parents because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom and you think... Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, remember you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. And until the end of December 2022, you can become a Patreon saint for just $4 a month. Uh, you can get into it for a year longer. You can do the month to month thing. That's uh, that's called putting your money where your mouth is. Remember that uh, you get to be a part of that uh, secret but not sacred Facebook group when you become a Patreon saint where you can see all the videos from the episodes that we do. Like you get to see Katie's really cool glasses and perfectly <laughs> quaffed hair. Uh, she did that especially for this. When we first started talking, she was wearing not those glasses and not that perfectly quaffed hair. So worth checking out, go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. What's the new project, Katie? So, um, Oh wait, it's be real. Should we be real? Yeah. Yes. No, let's be real. I mean, my teenager is going to think I'm pretty cool that I'm on a podcast for my. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We did it. All right. All right. You got to be on those things or you got to know what the teenagers are doing. Oh no, I get it. I get it. Um, so new project, and this is what's beautiful. And when you talk about, you know, the nothing about us without us and, and hearing the voices and elevating the voices of others, um, 
so we had a mother come to us and she has a child um, that, that doesn't speak. The child's about eight years old. In fact, she just got baptized. I got to attend her baptism virtually, which was really cool. But um, they live down in Texas. And she said, and a lot of people that um, are not verbal, mm -hmm. they they speak by um, visual icons. And, and that's, and they learn things by, you know, kind of this is how we interact and how we can communicate and stuff. And so she said, you know, I have these icons and I have them to teach math, to teach social studies, to teach all these things to my daughter, even social skills. But she said, I don't have icons to teach her the gospel. And there were things that existed in the religious arena, but not in our doctrine. So, for example, baptism was an image of a baby with like water being sprinkled uh -huh. on their head. Yeah. So not doesn't align with with us. Right. And so we brought this back to the brethren and to our, to the sisters. And we said, you know, can we create these, these visual icons and to, to help create this vocabulary in this way? And it was great at the time, sister Johnson was prime general primary president. And she said, this would be great for all children to better understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. And, and that is true. I, I often think what, you know, we would say that a lot in special ed, good teaching is good teaching. Right. And so we've been able to start and the first about almost 50, I think it's like 49 um, images are up. They just got posted like two days ago online. And we're going to continue to add to this bank of vocabulary of ways to point to an image that represents Words that can be confusing, like atonement or things that could be kind of hefty for a child or somebody um, that, that has delays. Mm -hmm. And so that's been wonderful. And I love that it started because a mother, you know, wanted to teach their child the gospel. It, it's so beautiful. Um, one other quick thing about elevating voices. Do you, are you familiar with audio description? with videos? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know if I am or not. <laughs> so you can Google it. My favorite one is to watch frozen with, um, audio description, but cause they always are telling you what, um, Olaf oh, so is it's, it's, it's like reading the stage directions essentially for what the characters are doing on, on screen. Is that what it yeah, is? Probably. Like, oh. So it's like a snowman sneezes, his carrot nose falls off into the pond. And so it's giving <laughs> you the near the the audio narration of what's happening visually so if i'm blind uh -huh. or significantly have a visual impairment um i can still follow auditorily what's happening on the screen so pretty much every theater you go into you can choose to get headphones that have audio description a lot of your tvs you may have accidentally turned it on when you were watching something on tv and it showed so and my son was like the tv keeps telling me what's happening and i'm like oh you have audio description on yeah. And so they said, we want, we're trying to add this to more and more videos. Just watch a church video with your eyes closed and see what you get out of it. And you'll learn really quickly why audio description is helpful, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so they said, oh, well, you can hire actors to do this voice over thing, or you can do it more of like a automated voice, like a computer voice, computer generated voice. Do you know which preference they would have? And I and so I I went back to my gut of like I have to ask I I not to be their voice, but I'm like clearly it's the actors, so just pay the extra money. And that's what I'm thinking in my mind. And I went and asked several blind members, and a few of them did say, oh, I don't mind the actor's voice. That's kind of nice. But the vast majority of the people that I asked said, I actually like the computer and more synthesized voice because when I am in such an auditory world, it's so much easier to distinguish 
when it's the synthesized voice, that's giving me the audio description and the other voices are the story of what's happening just in real time with the show. Mm-hmm. And I would have not thought that, <laughs> you know, I, I would never have thought that. And so there's nothing about us without us in seeking um, to understand their voice and what the world that they live in that I have not experienced um, is, is really critical. You know, something that strikes me as you say uh, what you just said is I I feel like that that's good. I mean, you mentioned that good teaching is good teaching. Like that to me just seems like good leadership is good leadership. Like we're talking in the realm of disabilities, but I often think that people are like, we know what the members of our ward would like or the members of our quorum would like or whatever. And we just sort of assume rather than asking, whereas we may as a leader, um, be assuming the 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 incorrect thing like and, and in our families oh, i know what my kids want where if we just yeah. take a second and go hey kids do you want this and they're like no i don't yeah. want to go on this vacation i just want to eat food and stay here in my pajamas and be with you that would be the thing that i would want or whatever the example would be i i really really um love that principle of like if you don't know what someone thinks or feels ask them yeah yeah and i when you say that too, it makes me think of sometimes I think we have a tendency to listen to the loudest voices mm-hmm. and often in the field of disabilities, it, they're the quieter voices. They can be. Um, and so making sure that, yeah, we're, we're deliberately taking the time to listen. So, so much of what I think is to be considered are, are things that, um, I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but tell me, in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a, an able-bodied or someone that it, it doesn't uh, have a disability just doesn't consider, not because we're jerks or mean or we we don't want to consider, but it just doesn't enter the realm. Some of the things that you've spoken about, I was like, I, I, I never have considered that at all. How, yeah. Is it just conversations like this and others, this committee and others, um, the curriculum and and others that help us to be more aware of it? Or how can we more proactively be able to to consider these groups? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first thing is like what you we were just saying is take the time to have a conversation with somebody within your sphere. You know, we just were talking about those statistics. Statistically, it would be pretty impossible to not have somebody with needs in your ward. And so, and, you know, I, I was telling you earlier that my son has high functioning autism mm-hmm. and it, there's great ways to start that conversation. And there's not great ways to start yep. that conversation. Um, one time a man said to me, now remind me what exactly is wrong with David? And I was like, well, I know what's wrong with you, yeah. but now we'll go on to the next, yeah. you know, like it was just like, really, that's how you want to start a conversation with a mother about her five-year-old son, right. you know? But which, I also have which, people. I'm sure that he wasn't like he didn't mean yeah. it, you know, certainly as he did. And that's the thing that I get where where I get sort of fearful around having conversations. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't hold back very often, but there there are those times that I do where it's not like I don't want to know. It's like, man, is this is this even the right way to say this? And if I say this wrong, am I not am I going to sever whatever sort of relationship could could be? you know, accommodated or built or whatever the thing may be. So, yeah, absolutely. So I will say um, a great way to start that conversation is, hey, tell me more about David. Mm -hmm. 
I'd like to get to know. Those are, those are really, then I can share as a parent from a place that I feel what I would like to bring out, you know, the, the, the things I would like to share about David. And I may never even bring up that he has autism in that conversation, or I may, Mm -hmm. um, I might just talk about, well, he really, it's good to feel validated. He likes to have a schedule, you know, wherever, wherever area I'm in, or I might just want to talk about his hobbies. Mm -hmm. Another beautiful thing that people in my, I've seen people in my ward do, they go to David, David. What do you like, David? What would be a fun activity to do? Mm-hmm. Um, he thought it would be really fun to, to teach one of his um, advisors how to play this certain video game, and so that's what they did for Young Men's Night that week. Was he was teaching them how to play this this video game that he really enjoys? So yeah, it can be intimidating, but I think when you come from a point of love, and I will say, even that man that said, "Tell me what's wrong with David," I answered very yeah. <laughs> kindly. In my mind, I thought, oh, that's really kind of not the best way to ask that. But yes, I could tell it came from a place of love and sure. and he was and a desire to help. So I think to say those types of things, go to the people, tell me more about you, tell me more. How could we make church a more positive experience for your son? How can we or for you? Are there what are things you wish we understood better? So I think you can start with those. Mm-hmm. We also there's disability.churchofjesuschrist.org. We have a family home evening lesson that you can use with your children. One is geared for younger children. One's geared for older children. And it's just a basic disability awareness, but also in the lens of faith and disabilities, you know, not just kind of the ones that you might see in other places for more like interacting in the community and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just that page to explore that page, it talks about doctor the doctrine with this topic. I tips for leaders. Um, where, what are the accessible formats and how do you find them? Maybe you have, we get this frequently. I'm ministering to this sister and she's elderly and she's recently losing her vision. Mm-hmm. Um, where can I find things? How do I do large print? Well, a lot of that is really easy to do with technology now. So, you know, you can walk through how to do that. How do I get things in an audio formats and, and, and other things. So even just exploring that page, I think could be insightful. And as you can well. find- you can find a link for all of the different things that we've been uh, mentioning. Those will be in the show notes for this this uh, episode so people can click and find and, and follow through. And actually, I happened upon, after we had secured that we were going to be chatting, I happened upon that family home evening lesson, and it's awesome. Oh, thanks. It, I, I'm, I, uh, I, I think it's great. And it's, again, a thing that, and I, I, I sort of, uh, it, it's that self-loathing. I berate myself. I'm like, why didn't I ever consider this before? But it, but it is a thing where I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is a great thing that if I would have paused for two seconds, if I could get out of my worried about myself thing and worry about someone else mourning with those or more and loving those, you know, all those things that I would have been, yeah, this is a great, this is a great thing that I should have taken two seconds to learn about. Yeah. 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 It's great. And we've had so many, one of my alumni from BYU actually wrote that family oh, home cool. lesson. So we've had so many great volunteers and supporters for this cause um, to add to that. There's resources on there for individuals that are, that are non-speakers. I mean, it just, and we've consulted with professionals in the field to do our best to get that information, particularly from the lens of, of church mm-hmm. and religion and faith. Um, because communities provide a space for this families provide a space, you know, there's government agencies, public schools. And so what is the space that the church needs to fill? And that's where we really try to focus in on the resources that we're providing. 
Uh, well, we're speaking of resources, and before we take a break, are there other resources um, that are are provided that the church is, uh, you know, making available to people that maybe people don't know about, and where could they go to get those? And let's list out as many as there are that you feel like we should mention here. Okay. Well, I think one key thing is when you go to the, the, the disability website of the church, one of the tiles says accessible formats. Mm -hmm. So when you go there, you'll get to see where a lot of those accessible formats are. But if you also go, there's a lot of like FAQ sections there and you can look and that's where you can see a printout for things about food allergies um, and, and issues with that. There's one that says additional resources. And we've found what's a good resource for somebody with Alzheimer's mm -hmm. or a family member with Alzheimer's. Here's some resources to be aware of and sensitive to that, or I'm ministering to someone. Um, and there's just all kinds of different resources that are there. But another thing we've done with the church angle is you'll see on those, it'll say articles. And so you'll click on one, maybe it's aging, maybe it's cancer, you know, whatever it might be. And you click on it and it's, we've tried to archive every church magazine article in the friend, Leahona, well, then Enzyme mm -hmm. for strength of youth. So you can have that as a resource too. Um, maybe you have somebody in your 13 year old Sunday school class that's dealing with this topic. That can be a way to start having these conversations in a church perspective um, beyond just a technical, maybe medical way of discussing what's going on. Um, we, when you see the accessible formats, you'll also see the different types of things, you know, come follow me is available in so many different formats. Even the saints volumes are av available in different formats. And that's a big space. Um, we're also working to make the website more accessible. So if you have feedback and you can see on the website, there's a contact place that you could say, Hey, I was using this and it's actually not very user-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I always say our job is like reactive and proactive. So we get people calling in and emailing in with feedback and things that could be better, but we're also trying to be out there and like, Hey, here's these resources. These are available, you know, check these out. Um, there's a list of um, videos that are out there, which are the church has done incredible videos. And a lot of them are very short in length. So if you want to start having this conversation with your Sunday school class, with your family, you could start with a 90 second video that already starts to set the tone with what we might want to talk about. Um, one of the tiles on there are different teaching strategy videos. And they're I actually made these with one of my um, BYU students when I was still there. And we said, we're going to, we're going to record a 45 minute training on how to help kids with disabilities, specifically in church settings. And these BYU videography students, you know, like 20 something year olds, mm -hmm. they looked at me as this professor, associate clinical professor. And they mm -hmm. said, no, one's going to watch that. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> like, this is going to be good stuff. And they said, you're going to take your 10 key ideas from that. And you're going to make them into about 90 second video clips. Mm -hmm. And so we did, that's what we did. And so when you go there, there's 10 different videos and it's, you know, good questioning strategies, wait time, stating an objective and you watch it. And it's around, there are around 90 seconds each to help you understand the concept that you could then talk about in a primary training or what, you know, in a different setting to start to say, okay, I'm going to try this one this week. And maybe, and you know, sister Bingham, when she saw the videos, she said, parents need to be watching these because we're saying home centered church supported and parents are saying, I don't have teaching strat. You know, I never took a right. teaching class. I don't know how to do this. 
so yeah, there's, there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to take another break. Uh, When we come back, uh, there are three questions that we ask everyone to step in the cultural hall. I will ask those of you. Plus, I got a couple other things as we round this up. We'll come back and do that in the third block of the cultural hall. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails with feedback from customers. Here's one. Dear Dan, I just had the best experience ever. I bought a computer from Shane at your State Street store. I asked several what I thought were really stupid questions. Shane was super courteous and made me feel comfortable through the whole process. People need to understand how important it is to support a local company, especially when your experience is so good. PC Laptops really does love me. Signed, satisfied. I love hearing feedback like that. It really just gives me the chills. It's the whole reason why I got into the computer business in the first place. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. That means if anything goes wrong, we're going to take care of you. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we really do love you. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, remember, you can always reach out to us. Contact at theculturalhall.com. You can let us know, hey, you know what? I really loved that episode with Katie. Uh, I think she's a great, great representative of everything that's good with the church. Uh, If you have something that you don't think is very positive, don't send that. Nobody needs that, especially this close to Christmas. Keep it to yourself. The email address is contactoftheculturalhall.com. Always open, and we love your feedback. And you're welcome to send negative things if you want, so long as there's some element of constructive criticism within it. Katie, uh, I would be be curious... uh, to know what what is one thing that you feel like the church is doing really good in this realm right now. And then I would like you to know, and you can, however you need to phrase this because you're employed by the church, I would like to know something <laughs> that you feel like, man, this is, th- we are needing to put a lot of effort or this is a miss or man, we have not yet considered and there's a whole realm of possibilities in this arena and you're welcome to go in either order. Okay. I would say something we're doing really, really well is, um, I would say I've worked here now for four years in this arena at the church, at church headquarters. And my testimony is only stronger about the love that our leaders have for every individual. Mm -hmm. And I would say every meeting that I go into, there is a desire to seek after the one. You know, that ASL Board of Education, I kind of sheepishly said, yeah, there's about 41 students that we're talking about right now, and we want a general authority over it. And they said, and Elder Johnson's response was, and that is enough. Mm. And so there is love and there is a desire to do the work. It is a lot of work a lot and it and it takes time and we need to do it the right way and we need to do it the Lord's way. And that means we don't always create things as quickly as other agencies might be able to have the freedom to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's tricky. And, and I worry that people don't always re- recognize how much work is happening behind the scenes and how much love and desire to make a change there is. Um, but we can't change things overnight and we need to make sure that people are safe and we need to make sure um, that everyone is safe. Everyone involved is safe and, and, um, and that it's being done the way that God wants it being done. So, so it's complicated. Um, 
I think something that we need that from my perspective is we are not going to solve most of God's problems at church headquarters. (laughs) Most of those problems are going to be solved on the one and one-on-one ministering between our brothers and sisters. And so when I feel like a lot of people might jump to what the church needs to do differently. And we do, we need to, we need to continue to change and get better and make more things accessible a a thousand percent. And you have my word. I'm working hard at that. (laughs) And um, at the end of the day, we can create all the websites and all the handouts we want, but if the ministering brothers and sisters um, aren't using them or aren't um, just going to their neighbor and saying, how can I help? Um, it, it's really for not. Um, and I think as the individual with the disability themselves isn't advocating, you know, s- taking the resources and saying, hey, could we can we make this? Um, here's ways that we can make our Sunday school class have better auditory sounds going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not u- utilizing the resources, um, then it doesn't, if it doesn't get to the end of the row, what's the point? You mentioned that there, uh, there is a a, a feedback loop that is able to occur with people. Uh, also maybe people that could volunteer the best place that people would go or send, you know, their information or any information that might, they might be like, but Katie, have you considered this? Where, what is that email address or or website or where? So it's disability at churchofjesuschrist.org is the email, the best email to send things to. And they, and they get read, they get seen, they get considered. You promise? <laughs> I, do. I do. Now, I will tell you, people always say Katie's team, Katie's team. Um, Katie's team is Katie and an <laughs> intern and two of the most darling service missionaries you'll ever meet in all your life. Um, and so, yes, but our, our goal is to respond within one business day, but um, most questions take probably more like three to five business days to get a solution to because it's we don't really own a lot of products Mm -hmm. and so for example if there was a concern with something in come follow me we would need to go to that product manager sometimes there's an education piece involved to help them understand like well what is audio description or what is what are you talking about um and then working on fixing the issue and getting back to the individual but um yeah we we sure try to answer them and and send another one if we didn't get to you, if we didn't get back to you. Cause um, yeah, that's a a component of of what we do. What is it that makes you so passionate about this? And I feel like maybe we've kind of touched around it, but this is not easy work uh, by any means. Um, But you can tell uh, anyone that can hear it in your voice or see it on your face. Like this is the thing that you're like, I love this. It's hard. It's team of me and an intern and two, you know, (laughs) but, but what, is it, is it something that occurred early in life? Like why, why are you so darn passionate about it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I get that frequently. Um, my mom said when I was a child, I just was always kind of drawn towards somebody that might be, have, have any kind of disability or need. And she said, it was always like a, like a, just like, I like very natural, <laughs> like very, not like I want to help them and fix them, but I'm so curious and I want to get to know you. And I feel like I've been given a gift to see these individuals as just who they are as humans. I don't see deficits. I don't know that in heaven, we all have to be a certain height and a certain weight and have certain physical abilities 
to be perfected. I think there's a perfection all around us. Um, and I see that. And I see that in my son um, with autism. I don't, I don't want his autism to go away completely <laughs> when we get to heaven. I want it to go away to the extent that he has the freedoms and capacities that he needs and wants. Um, but there is so much joy and beauty in people and in differences. And, um, and I rejoice in that. And I'm grateful for that. I sat with a member that was blind and he was showing me how he uses his app. And I said, oh, it's broken. And he goes, oh, you can't hear it at that speed. And he had to slow it down for me. <laughs> and what I was hearing was blah, 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 blah. And he slowed it down and it was saying button. <laughs> I was like, that's what that was saying. And everyone in the room was also blind and they got a good laugh at me in that meeting, right? Um, and so I see so many strengths and beauty that God has given us. Um, and, and I have respect for that. Um, and I just, Everyone deserves to know God. Uh, there are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I will ask those of you now. The first question is, Is do you have a calling currently? And if so, what is it? <laughs> yes, I do. I am a young woman's advisor. And this will be a shocker. I am the stake disability specialist for my state. What? <laughs> yeah, that was a, You're like, I go to work one. to work. Let me do something different in my church. <laughs> No, I think that's vital. That's awesome. If you could pick a calling, uh, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, if I could pick a calling? Yeah. I mean, it would be a tough one between Release Society teacher or um, Sunbeams. An actual Sunbeam or a Sunbeam teacher? <laughs> sunbeam teacher. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Oh, my cat. And hello, kitty cat that just walked across the screen. Again, you should become a patron saint. You don't get to see the cat without uh, without being a patron saint. Uh, the last question that we ask everyone, we ask you to interpret it however you would like. But the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Favorite part of my faith? I would say that's pretty easy. Um, the hope that it provides. The hope will, you can be in your, your darkest hour. Um, and you can still feel hope and you can feel peace. And that for me is a witness that Jesus Christ is real because I don't understand how that can exist. And I've been in times in my life that, um, it shouldn't exist because of the sadness and the sorrow and the darkness. And it did, and I could feel it. And so, um, I will never stray from that from those reminders of hope and faith and peace. I appreciate that. Well, Katie, who thought that we were just going to be talking about the episode, that's the episode. Uh, <laughs> there we, we, go. we did it. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety in the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. 